Hello, and welcome back to Climbing the Castle, your definitive Disney ranking podcast. I'm Dominic. And I'm Charlie. And today we'll be discussing The Incredibles 2. While the Parr family has accepted its collective calling as superheroes, the fact remains that their special heroism is still illegal. After they are arrested after unsuccessfully trying to stop the Underminer, their future seems bleak. However, the wealthy Dever siblings of DevTech offer new hope with a bold project to rehabilitate the public image and legal status of supers, with Elastigirl being assigned on point to be the shining example. Having agreed for now to stay home to look after the kids, Mr. Incredible finds domestic life a daunting challenge, especially when baby Jack-Jack newly emerged powers make him almost impossible to manage. However, Elastigirl has her own concerns dealing with the menace of a new supervillain, Screenslaver, who is wrecking havoc with their mind control abilities. Elastigirl must solve the mystery of this enemy who has malevolent designs on the world with the Parr family and friends key targets of this evil. That was a very long intro, just like this movie. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> if I could be real honest, I didn't have time to write my own, so I found this on the IMDb. That's fine. All right. And all of them were long. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Unless you wanted the one that was like two sentences. <laughs> I mean, it's better to have more than less, I guess. Sometimes. Yeah. Not always. But yeah, this movie was incredibly long, and um, I'm sure we're going to get a lot of hate for this, because I've heard a lot of people like praise this movie. This movie is not as good as we remember it. Well, I mean, this was my first time seeing it, so I have no judgment going into it. But Back when this movie came out, I remember everyone was excited, <laughs> and everyone loved it, because it had been so long since the first Incredibles movie. Yeah, when it came out in the theaters, I was going to go see it just for the sake of seeing it and then i'm like nah, it's fine i didn't really care about the incredibles i can i can wait on this honestly i didn't miss anything like no i i still think it's not that great of a franchise and it's overrated and like i know a lot of people are gonna hate me on that and i'm gonna get a lot of crap for it but like it's nothing new it's nothing original again it's just kind of bland stuff drawn together and then yeah it's very underwhelming, but I still have some fun facts, if you're ready. Of course, I'm always ready for fun facts. All right, let's do it. Starting off, after waiting 14 years for the Incredibles sequel, dedicated fans rushed to the theaters its opening weekend. The highly anticipated Incredibles 2 broke box office records, earning $180 million in its first weekend and becoming the best animated debut of all time. That's a lot of money. Uh, yeah, within the first weekend. It also just shows how much people were waiting for this movie as well. Oh yeah, like it, it was 14 years since the <laughs> first one and everyone's like, when's the second Incredibles movie coming? And we know there's going to be a second one, like, from the time the first one came out. Mm-hmm. At one hour and 58 minutes, this is not only the longest Pixar film to date, but also the long- longest computer animated feature to film to date, beating Cars, which runs for one hour and 57 minutes. So it's a whole minute longer than Cars. But Cars longer. did not feel nearly as long as this movie. No, it did not feel anywhere near as this long. Like... This was a long movie. I mean, I've seen some long movies before, but this felt long. 
I've seen longer movies, and yeah. this felt long. <laughs> it's all about content, and this film yeah. just didn't have it. This is the last Pixar film to use the 1995-2018 logo. I really don't remember what the new Pixar logo is. I don't I don't know. Because I'm so used to the original one. It's always interesting to see the new the new logos, though. I do enjoy seeing them. Mm-hmm. Which, I, I mean, we'll get to see next week with our next movie what the new logo is. But I don't remember what it is. I haven't watched a lot of the newer Pixar movies. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not too sure. Writer and director Brad Bird had stated over the years that he would only do a sequel to The Incredibles if he could come up with a story that was just as good or better than its predecessor. The idea of Bob becoming a stay-at-home dad while Helen becomes the breadwinner was there from the beginning, but it took several years for Bird to come up with the perfect story around which to write this idea. Which I thought, you know, that is a good concept where Bob's learning to become the main parent and... Like we see it a lot, yeah. I mean, but it's fun to see how it would look like with a superhero family. I just don't feel like this was a plot that was worth eighteen years of waiting or whatever it was. Fourteen years, fourteen yeah. years. And like, I don't know. I feel like if they were going to wait that long, come up with the perfect plot, then we should have gotten something better than this. Well, I still liked it better than the original. I would say it's still better than the original Incredibles as well, but I don't know. Instead of this movie being released on June 21st, 2019, Pixar swapped release dates with Toy Story 4 as the film was being completed ahead of schedule while the other was lagging in production, which was initially going to be released on June 15, 2018. So they just bumped the release of this one for Toy yeah. Story 4? They swapped this Toy with Toy Story 4. So as we were going, we don't remember, is it Toy Story 4 <laughs> next or is it The Incredibles 2? It almost was Toy Story 4 next. That still seems right. <laughs> yeah. Advances in technology allowed filmmakers to produce their original character designs, which means all the characters got upgrades. Frozone's enhancement was a six-pack. <laughs> so Frozone was just working out nonstop from one Yeah, since the first next. movie, he got a little more ripped. Which, there was no time in between the first movie and this one, so, like, how did that happen? <laughs> I mean, there uh, there was a little bit between it's picked up them fighting. Much. There was a little bit of time between them fighting Syndrome and then that race. Mm, I don't think so, because what's his name? The, the Driller or whatever. I can't even the remember. Underminer. The Underminer, yeah. His, he showed up right at the end of the movie. So like, No, no, I'm talking about between when they fought Syndrome and then the race in which the Underminer appears. I think there was a little bit of time before that. <laughs> Enough time for to give Syndrome a six-pack? Yeah, uh, or at least have him Frozone. get a tighter suit where it shows off the <laughs> six-pack, maybe. Maybe his original suit was just, you know, too baggy on him. I don't know. It didn't seem like anyone was updating their suits, because Edna Mode would have known about it. Uh, Yeah, Edna Mode was probably the one who updated it for him. <laughs> It's not easy keeping up with three kids, especially when the toddler has newly discovered superpowers. Bob understands this, so filmmakers designed his wardrobe to reflect his mood. The more tired he gets, the more gray and beiges he wears, and the more energy he builds, the brighter his clothes become. Which I thought that was a nice little attention to detail. It's definitely cool that they're throwing that kind of stuff in there to 
make these little tiny nuances that you notice. When Bob Parr is trying to help Dash with his homework, he can be seen struggling with new math, describing it as making no sense at all and exclaiming, this is math, why would they change math? New math was a brief dramatic change in the way mathematics was taught in American grade schools during the 1950s and 1960s, which focused more on theory rather than arithmetic. It was highly criticized and quickly fell out of favor. The relevance of this joke came from frustration modern parents occasionally experience with common core mathematics. So it was nice for them to throw in something like, oh yeah, this happened during this time for school. You see, I didn't even realize that it was like another actual thing that happened during the time of this movie. Like I was aware of like the common core switchover, which is what I thought it was a reference to. But it is cool that it actually lined up with something else that actually happened in that the time that the movie actually happened too. Yeah, which this movie is somewhere in the fifties. Mm-hmm. Which doesn't seem like it, honestly. No, with all the technology and stuff going on. Yeah. That doesn't doesn't seem right to me. <laughs> Galbaki, name dropped as a rival designer by Edna Mary E. Mode, was originally going to appear as a character, specifically a foil to Edna. Galbaki would essentially be an anti-Mode, whose costumes would showcase his designs rather than being designed for the needs of the heroes wearing them. In early concept art, his costume for Elastigirl would have even violated Edna's no capes rule. See. I think that would have been a fun thing to stick in there. but That also... would have been, but at the same time, that would have just added more exactly to <laughs> an already long movie. <laughs> and I don't know. I don't see Elastigirl with a cape. I don't know. But maybe in a third movie, Galbaki could be like one of the more main characters yeah. against Edna. Like Again, maybe even the... There was a lot of room for them to focus on this kind of stuff and a lot of stuff they could have probably taken out to like mm-hmm. add more to this movie, I feel. But I don't know. Maybe making Galbaki like almost a uh, villain in the next movie. That might work. Maybe be a designer for an enemy. Not necessarily enemy, but like a different family's super mm-hmm. family costume. Yeah. Uh, making reflex appealing was a huge challenge until artists turned to frogs for inspiration according to art director matt noddle the idea of a frog made the character appealing and funny even though his superpower seems repulsive at first so those who didn't catch up yes he is supposed to look like a frog (laughs) which i don't know make him an old frog man it kind of worked out pixar's buddy lucky did not get to record any lines for rick dicker before passing away four months prior to the film's release and he had been replaced by Jonathan Banks, uh, he was, who was announced to be taking over the role a month before Lucky's death. This made Rick Dicker the second Pixar character to be voiced by both an actor and a studio member at Pixar. The first had been Chick Hicks, who was voiced by actor Michael Keaton in Cars, and then Pixar's Bob Peterson in Cars 3. Okay. I don't even know who Rick Dicker is, though. So like... Rick Dicker is... Um, is that the guy that was He's that agent. Here? He's the agent. Okay. You know, who does the memory wipe thing. and the... Oh, that guy. Okay. And they kind of, I felt like they kind of did a nice little nod to him. Like a nice little goodbye whenever Rick Dicker says that the company's closing down and it was a pleasure working with them. Yeah, that is a nice little subtle. And thing it was there. a heartfelt goodbye from not only the family to Rick, but to the 
I guess, the cast of The Incredibles to Bud Lucky. Okay. That is that is nice that they threw that in there. I didn't realize that Mike was a thing, so now I'm getting the backstory. That just... Mr. Incredible makes a quote from Rocky stating, I eat thunder and crap lightning. However, the actual line in Rocky is, you're going to eat, eat lightning and crap thunder. The line was likely deliberately misquoted to reflect how exhausted and sleep-deprived he is. That's that's great. Which I I did kind of catch that reference because I have seen the Rocky movies. Yeah. At least the first couple. Mm-hmm. And it, it was kind of funny. Yeah, I enjoyed that they threw that in there. <laughs> um, One more. A113 is a well-known Easter egg in Pixar movies referencing an art room many Pixar animators work in at the California Institute of Arts. This movie took a unique approach by having it hidden in the movie title Dementia A113 at the end of the movie. I did notice that and I thought it was really cool like way to sneak it in there. Like instead of just having A113 on like a license plate or a classroom number Mm -hmm. they added it to a, a word dementia oh. yeah. ending with an a and then one one three but that is all the fun facts i have some good fun facts as usual i had to skip a few <laughs> <laughs> but we really need to get moved on to this long movie <laughs> yeah we're gonna try and not keep this episode as long as the actual movie was itself so like <laughs> we'll try <laughs> no promise just jumping into our story scores so for story, I have a 75. I have a 74. So as usual, right next to each other. But... I mean, again, a lot of it is just this movie is so long. Well, I also think one of my major issues is that it's, again, not very original. It's There's a lot of rehashed ideas. There's a lot of tropes that we've seen a million times before again and again. Even the the villain story itself isn't like that unique as compared to the first one. And, like, I mean, yeah. it's a little different. Where Syndrome was being a baby about a superhero being mean to him, so he's going to kill all supers. To, oh hey, my parents relied on superheroes, and they weren't able to answer. So maybe we need to quit relying on these heroes as much. But I mean, it's even the same setup though. It's like. For the twist, it's like in the first one, Mr. Incredible go work, goes to work for Syndrome and it turns out Syndrome is the villain. Now this time they go to work for uh, the the Devers and they're the villains. Well, one is the well, villain. Winston is the one who hires them and he's not the villain. But let's be real, we could tell Evelyn was going to be the villain the whole time. Yeah, we, we knew this twist was coming. It's not like they, they kept a secret again. Like, like even in theaters, I remember going... Oh, she's gonna be the bad one. It's like they're they're not giving us anything new to work with here. I feel there's nothing surprising. Even just like I mean, this transfers over to characters, but characters they didn't really give us anything to work with here. I feel like Mister Incredible was a great character, and I showcased a lot of great traits and qualities between him. But especially with him trying to be just a normal father. Mm-hmm. But other than that, there wasn't really too much happening in terms of characters. Like, Evelyn was a very bland villain. She didn't do anything exciting as, as a villain. Yeah, no. She was barely even in the movie for the most part. Winston is just like... He's just a big fanboy. 
he's not doing anything like side like he's honestly i feel like he's just every other bob odenkirk character that we've seen like, yeah in like any other project that he's in i mean he's he's the one trying to make superheroes legal again but that's just because he's a big fanboy. yeah and then i mean we get more out of the kids this time we do but especially jack jack well jack jack is fun and a lot of all the stuff with jack jack was fun and probably one of the the saving graces of this movie oh yeah this also was one of the few sequels that kind of picks up immediately after the previous movie as well so it's not like they had a whole lot of time to just change no they're jumping straight into the the next story which is also adding a lot of stress into like your story writing as well i feel oh yeah just something funny i wrote down not necessarily a story concern but just some i didn't know real where to really put this maybe maybe characters but you know if mr incredible's blonde and mrs incredible is a redhead why does violet have black hair uh i'm not what colored hair does the milkman have <laughs> i don't think we've seen the milkman at all <laughs> i mean i don't know that's a good question it's maybe violet dies right here again this has nothing to do with the story really i just had to ask <laughs> <laughs> that's my only thought is violet dies her hair <laughs> but um like starting off first problem like yeah they didn't necessarily successfully catch the Underminer, but they still saved a lot of lives. Yeah, I don't understand how they can blame the superheroes for everything that the Underminer did. Yeah, like, like the bankers were going, yeah, if you did nothing, everything would have been great. <laughs> no, people would have died. Yeah, there was a lot more destruction that would have happened if they just let him do his own thing. It's not like... He would have just walked into the bank, taken the money, and walked out with not interfering with anyone. He was still destroying towns. He was still destroying everything. Like, that bridge, when he broke that bridge down, there would have been a lot more people that died than... Uh, I mean, a lot more people should have died at that bridge break than I actually did, because, like, how does a bridge just break clean in half like that? But... Which, that's something they could have brought up whenever they were going, did you even catch the underminer? Did you keep the city from being destroyed no but we saved lives (laughs) yeah i feel like underminer if he was just left left on his own he would have caused a lot more destruction than if they actually didn't like didn't do anything exactly well then frozone just left him to get caught and well yeah he wasn't about to get caught by the police (laughs) and then we go back to another scene another dinner scene where they're fighting just like the first movie. Just like in the first movie. Mrs. Incredible with her weird views and stances that shouldn't really make any sense, like with her aligning being a hero. Yeah, but like at the same time, she's the one going, look, this is illegal. I'm going along with it, but it's illegal. But also, they just dealt with meeting with a random person who said that they want to help. Why would they go do it again? Exactly. Like... This was the same way they wound up getting in, in trouble with Syndrome. And now they're just, oh, because Frozone looked into him and said he's legit, that that makes it safe now? Yeah, exactly. Like, obviously not, because his sister's the villain of the movie. <laughs> I don't understand why they would be willing to trust someone like that again. 
And then we meet the sister, and as we already said, it's obvious that she's the villain. Like, from the point when she's coming in and she's, like, throwing things around. And she's giving the different stances on her brother and already fighting with him when they're explaining what happened to their parents. Yeah. Which also, to be fair, superheroes being banned had no bearing on what happened to his parents. Like, if superheroes were still allowed to be there, they would not have been able to even, like... Make it in time. Make it to stop him from getting shot anyway, no matter what. Like, maybe Dash. <laughs> maybe. Because <laughs> super speed. But that's about it. But like, even the so, two I feel heroes like Dash... he had, The two heroes he had lined for were also the ones killed by Syndrome. I did not realize that. Gazer Beam and the other one. Like, we see Gazer Beam dead in the first movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I don't I don't understand how he can be blaming the super the superheroes being banned on what happened there. Yeah. Well, probably because they didn't know that those two were dead. No, but even if that's what I'm saying, even if any superhero was still active and like allowed to be there, they wouldn't have made it in time to stop his parents from getting shot anyway. Oh yeah, no. The idea of they should have went into the what's it called the vault the uh safe room or whatever yeah and then of course we see that winston is just a huge superhero fan anyways like total fanboy he meet he greets them by singing their theme songs (laughs) yeah i mean definitely doesn't seem like the right person to be put in charge of this whole operation yeah no but he has the money for it, is why. <laughs> yeah. Also, I love how his big plan to, like, prove to the superheroes is good is to just put cameras on them. Like, Yeah. Well, it was so that people can see how hard they're trying and that it's not easy. But, I mean, there still could have been something else. Yeah, I mean, we don't need to go, like, fully political here, but, like, this is, like, we've seen... They've tried doing this in real life, and like this doesn't make too much of a difference, honestly. Like, no, and they didn't really even show anyone these videos. No, they didn't even focus on that at all. That's what made no sense as well. Like, they made this as their plan, but they didn't focus like they didn't focus that as like the main selling point of why their heroes were good again. Yeah, no, <laughs> the whole reason heroes are good again is because they stop the ship from running into a building at the end. But also, uh, this is jumping way ahead a bit, but it was just seems like no one is ready to handle these situations that they were stopping to begin with. Yeah, no. Like, the whole train thing. The train thing, like, no one's in, like, no one checked to make sure the, secu- the train could be not, could not be hacked and secured, and, like, the track was all set up in the back and all this, like... Like, they could have like... checked on the guy running the train... But yeah, the next thing I wrote down was that the bike Elastigirl had was badass. <laughs> it was a pretty cool bike. Especially combined with her power. Like, it's able to split apart. Okay, that's cool. That would suck for any other person. <laughs> but for Elastigirl, since he's able to stretch her body and all that. Yeah. It was a pretty sick concept. Yeah, I mean, she can use it in many different ways and do all kinds of different things with it. A new Disney racing game came out, and I hope they include that (laughs) in some way. 
that would be pretty cool. Didn't they see Jack Jack's powers at the end of the last movie? So I don't know if they actually got to see it themselves. Because, you know, Jack Jack didn't really start using them until he was way up high. And then when Syndrome dropped him, he kind of went back to normal. But couldn't they like assume when they like assume something would have happened with Jack Jack? Um, when... Not necessarily. All they know yeah. is Syndrome. Also, didn't they like the babysitter didn't explain any of this? Well, again, I didn't actually watch. Again, the story, she was but... the babysitter was freaking out about it. But she didn't say anything about what happened. No, not really. I, I think the most she said was, "Hey, it's okay now." But the new babysitter is here. But she didn't explain any of the stuff that was happening when... I don't remember. When he was there. <laughs> I don't remember. Also, like, why is it still... Like, why are they still so shocked that Jack-Jack has powers? Like... Oh, well, I mean, babies' first words are exciting for parents. So a superhero baby's first power. No, but, like, it seems like they weren't expecting to have powers, though. That was the thing. Well, maybe like... not all... Maybe not two... Maybe it's the fact that two supers could potentially have a baby with no powers because they had it's not guaranteed that all babies will have powers <laughs> i don't know but i feel like after you have dash and after you have violet who both have their own powers they should have been expecting Jack it Jack doesn't mean powers. it's gonna be the same for every child though <laughs> which i mean i think the more concerning thing for them was that jack jack had multiple powers how many powers did he actually have because so, he has a lot of them <laughs> mr incredible said somewhere between said for 17 powers but let's see if thinking about there definitely were not 17 that we've seen not we've seen at least we saw minimum of five maximum. well we saw fire laser eyes cloning uh the gooey one whenever he was fighting the raccoon he became big at the hideout yeah what yeah. all have i said so far <laughs> <laughs> uh fire laser eyes cloning gooey one big one when he, he turns into that monster thing he can go through different uh dimensions when he can tr like travel between like walls and stuff like that oh he can <laughs> shape shift <laughs> he yeah. can uh float uh super sneeze telekinetic he has telekinetic powers also so, well i think that's what i was counting for floating <laughs> no because he was he can make other stuff float too though so, yeah, I guess that would be different. So there's 11 <laughs> at least, <laughs> which is still crazy. Like, it's a ridiculous amount of powers. Why is he blessed with so many powers? <laughs> I don't know what they show during the short Jack-Jack attack. Hey, I still haven't watched it yet. That's from, that's the first movie, but yeah. we're with the babysitter the whole mm -hmm. time. So probably there's more that we see in that that we don't. <laughs> it could be. <laughs> But it's a little insane. Oh, yeah. he can go through things also. I said that. <laughs> oh, well, I didn't count it. So there's 12. <laughs> but man, that is crazy. Jack-Jack's going to be incredible. Yeah. I as mean, a hero, if he like keeps these powers, because apparently babies are known to have like multiple powers. He can do everything on his own. He's not gonna. He doesn't even need like they don't even need any other superheroes anymore at this point. Just let Jack Jack do everything. Just let Jack Jack do everything. <laughs> he can clone himself and all those clones <laughs> can use powers. Did they buy Bruce Wayne's house? Because like it seemed that it seemed like it was another superhero's house. The way they were talking about <laughs> it. Yeah, like, I guess it's a house that Winston bought and just wasn't using. 
But well, that's so what he there said must it have was, been some kind of significance to the house if he just bought it. He said it was someone that comes and goes at all time, like, and there's easy like escape access and stuff. So it has to be obviously another hero. Yeah, and also there was the hero phones in there already. Well, the problem with it being Bruce Wayne's is that's Warner Brothers. <laughs> we can't have that in Disney movies. I don't. I was just throwing that in there, it's like <laughs> just who, who I picked. It could be anyone. It could be iron man it could be it could be anyone just not bruce wayne because that's warner brothers <laughs> that was just the name i went but <laughs> you would assume it i would have had to have been at least another hero's house which is just oh yeah for sure and then dash is pressing all those buttons on the remote like wouldn't they just yell at him to stop pressing off i mean they did yell oh, at pushing him the stop, buttons right? and he's like oh, i don't know how to stop flipping the entire house into water <laughs> which i'm kind of curious what all that house can do now <laughs> Seems like you can do a lot of stuff, especially for the fifties. <laughs> yeah, but uh, and then we get the scene where Helen's meeting all these other heroes. Yeah, and I don't know. Maybe we. I don't think we really needed all those extra heroes. Void was definitely a good one. I feel like if they're gonna introduce them, they should have gave us something to do with them. Like the issue was they brought them all in there and then just kind of like dropped them in for a split second and we never really get anything from them really all we get is a like like, villain fight out of them and then void actually helps with the end of the mission void is the only one we really get any kind of interactions from even like what she speaks to helen a few times as well and they give her actually some kind of like stuff but they don't really showcase anyone else's personality at all and they don't really do anything with them which as cool as i thought their powers were though it just they didn't really do much for us. No, they so that's one thing like, that they could have left out of the movie if they weren't going to give us. Yeah, either more showcase them. them a bit more and and like make them have a bit more of a point into the movie, or just don't bother putting all of them in. Like, yeah, just exactly. Give us like three of them instead. Like really I would have taken them. Void, Reflux, and the Owl guy because I thought the Owl, I think the Owl powers are pretty useful. I don't know. See. I like that that one part where they they he told the guy to uncrush it. That that, that is another good. Point. See, that, that was a fun scene that they one. put in there, where they they like they could have expanded on that a little bit more. And then I just thought Reflex's powers were interesting, where it's like, oh, I I thought he was just gonna get a super burp. Nope, he barfs up lava. Which also he's barfing up lava in the middle of a boat, and it's not affecting anything at all. Which yeah, it's kind of weird. So that is one thing. <laughs> and then I liked his joke of uh, the name's Reflux. Medical condition or superpower? You decide. <laughs> but yeah, again, they, they should have either cut the amount of heroes down and focused a bit more on them or just like... Yeah, we definitely did not need all of those extra heroes. <laughs> oh, I did forget to mention I found out the name of the ra- raccoon. Because that's it's not mentioned in the movie, but it's mentioned in the credits during like I guess the uh, soundtrack because it it had its own music. Okay, but the soundtrack's called Rocky versus Jack Jack. <laughs> so the raccoon's name is Rocky, by the way. So Rocky Raccoon, based off the Beatles song, and mm-hmm. exactly <laughs> that's exact or that's why people are assuming it's after. Also, Jack-Jack was beefing with that raccoon for no reason. Well, it looked like a bandit, and Jack-Jack was watching that crime show, and the, you know, the eye thing. 
And you know how children are. Jack Jack was beefing with that raccoon. Also, how did Mr. Incredible not see all of that fire flying around the backyard? Well, he was dead asleep. No, because he put he noticed that Jack Jack was out of his cage again right before that. Not cage, but whatever you want to call it. The the little crib that he made and he put the thing on it. And then he noticed he's gone, he puts him down for a second, and then the next thing he knows he's fighting out there with the raccoon. So Mr. Incredible was asleep before, during the fight with the raccoon. I feel like he he woke up and noticed Jack Jack was missing. Right yeah, that was the after fight. the fight with the raccoon, because he hears the table falling down, and then notices Jack Jack's gone. Looks outside, also, to see the sound, and notices Jack Jack has the raccoon pinned down. I feel like Violet or Dash should have woken up with all that commotion that was going on in the backyard. Also, yeah, that's true, especially <laughs> after Bob goes. You have superpowers! (laughs) Like, someone should have woke up like, he has superpowers? Unless that house is really soundproof. It could be. Because of how expensive and technological it is, it could just be a very soundproof house. That's very possible. Also, going back to this, like, this house, the the school bus comes to take Dash and Violet to school. Does no one question why Dash and Violet are getting picked up from a big fancy mansion? In school, maybe they're not being picked up outside the house, but no, they have to go somewhere for it. They went right outside the house because, like, he was yelling at him, "Go! You, the, the bus is here. You're gonna miss it!" And he like pushes them out the house, and they're running to the bus. Oh, that's true. And it's right there. So then, yeah, like, I guess not. Either they got the bus all to themselves, and none of the other kids are on the bus, or like none of these kids just question why Dash and Violet are getting picked up from a mansion. Or maybe they're just or maybe we're just not seeing that part where they're questioning it. Also, wouldn't she run in uh Violet run into Tony at the school that day? She did. Not that first day. When the school bus comes to pick him up. Like this was the day before the date or the day of the date. So shouldn't they have just confirmed their date plans that day at school? Uh not entirely. Like, what if all this happened during the weekend? No, because they said they were go- they're like they we saw them go to the school, like the bu- the school bus picked them up, and that happened before their date. Yeah, the school bus picked them up before their date, and then that was the day of this. That should have been the, either no. the day of the date or the no, day no, no, before no, no, the no. date. No, I think that doesn't sound right either. Yeah, I feel like were... no, I feel like the date happened was supposed to happen before. Well, because they got picked up for school before the whole date scene happened. That no, that doesn't sound right. But I don't know. Because they were also well, they were also show, shooting stuff out of order anyway. Because they were jumping from Mrs. Incredible, who was at nighttime doing her train stuff or whatever she was doing when she was riding the Incredible Cycle or whatever it's called. Incredible Cycle. Incredible Cycle. Elasticycle. Yeah. I don't remember. They were jumping from her riding that at nighttime back to. Bob and the kids eating breakfast and getting ready for school and stuff like that. Yeah. So there was just all kinds of weird time jumping going on at that moment. Anyway. Anyways, after all that, Violet finds out what happens with Tony anyways. Yeah. There's that whole scene of them going to that diner just to see Tony. Mm-hmm. Which I think was also a little unneeded, but... Yeah, it was definitely unneeded. and It was... They didn't really get anything out of that. It was just trying trying to further the dissension between Violet and her father at that point. But, like, 
it didn't really do a great I job. I mean, it was already it. there. Yeah. But while this is all going on is when Mrs. Incredible is dealing with the whole train situation. I think the train well, situation was a little before that. Well, yes. It, in in movie line times, yes. It was right, like right before this is when she was doing the train. But... No, because she did the train and then that night was when the date was supposed to happen. And she calls when she calls. And then Bob. she calls and <laughs> Violet's like invisible and marching yeah. down and to she get ice also cream. Just shows how much she doesn't trust Bob to do anything. Yeah. <laughs> but then after all this, oh no, then we jump to the screen slaver fight when Helen is, uh, you know, trying to track down the screen. I skipped a whole fight, I think. <laughs> I, There's a I helicopter I sh- scene. I, I skipped the helicopter scene. Because I have, <laughs> I notes. have notes in there of how terrible we like accurate the helicopter scene was. Because a helicopter crashed into another ho- helicopter and the only thing it did was took out the front window. Exactly. And, <laughs> like it just keeps flying fine and like no no damage. Like the full front window was pushed out from another helicopter, but it's still just able to fly fine. And just keep moving until it then starts going down. Dang, helicopters from the 50s were just built different. <laughs> <laughs> and then she just kicks people out of a flying helicopter into water. Well, she makes sure that they're close to the water so that they fall in. <laughs> and then she asks if anyone can swim before <laughs> she kicks them out. What would she have done if all of those people couldn't swim, though? Like, but she, Well, then she would have just done what she could have. <laughs> She got lucky that it was only one person that didn't know how to swim. Yeah, one person, the most important person in that helicopter. <laughs> but anyways, going back to the fight I was originally going to talk about, the screen slaver fight. Yeah. You know, I think it should have been caught on that that was not really screen slaver. slaver. Oh, what, the, the pizza guy? Yeah, the pizza guy. Yeah, they definitely should have looked into that. Especially like he being questioning he was... what was happening, and they were like, justice is being served. And this poor kid's getting arrested, and he has no idea what just happened. He was acting the same way as all the other people were that were getting their mind control. So wouldn't you think they would have put that together and like realized he was just being controlled by the guy as well? Yeah, exactly. But they just didn't look into it, and they arrest this dude for without any evidence besides, like, well, I mean, he besides, was oh, you was... were wearing a mask, and you were saying that you were a screen slaver. But then after that, he has no recollection of it at all. So, like, <laughs> and I can be like, okay, well, I'm this villain right now, and I'm not going to get jumped and attacked. They also didn't seem to do a good job of investigating the broadcast being taken over as well when Screensaver took over the news broadcast or the interview, I should say. Oh, yeah. There, there could have been so much done differently about that. They said they took precautions to to make sure it wasn't going to happen again, and then it happens immediately. <laughs> well, obviously, they didn't know what they were talking about. <laughs> also, screen slaver just sound, kind of sounds like a boomer who's upset about technology. What his mm-hmm. whole speech that he was given: "You play on your screens, and you look at screens, and it's like." <laughs> well, a lot of a lot of minor villains. We'll have some weird, annoying, dumb backstory about why they're villains, <laughs> like Syndrome. Which Screensaver wasn't even a real villain, though. Like, he was just a villain created by... A villain. Another villain, who's also just 
not like helping her her progress at all. No. And why would Helen go after him alone? Like that didn't make sense to me either. Yeah, like maybe she thought it was just some normal person. What I don't know. And the whole reason Helen knew that there was something up and that it wasn't the pizza guy was she said it was because it was too easy. Yeah. There's more to it. And then she goes, why can I see my camera's recording Uh in this recording here? It's like, okay, what made you think of that whenever you were out on the dance floor and they weren't showing that at all? Well, she was, she noticed it when she was up at the, at the, in the security room looking at the footage. Well, yeah. She just suddenly goes, oh, yeah, it was too easy. Yeah. And she did just kind of like randomly stop that party and go to think about, like, process this information out of nowhere. And then turn, and then that's when we get our whole plot twist. <laughs> "Quote unquote plot twist." <laughs> yeah, that it was Evelyn, which we all knew was gonna happen the whole time. So yeah, like, but she just shoves the goggles on Helen's face. Yeah, which another thing about those things, she made those way too easy to come off. Yeah, I mean, she just put. She didn't make they were any sunglasses mechanism. at that point. <laughs> She didn't find, come up with any securing mechanism. It's just a regular like pair put of it goggles. on someone's face in, like with the technology they apparently had in the fifties. <laughs> like slap it on their face and it like tines around their head or something. Nope. <laughs> like some kind of machine. No, no. Instead, it's just a pair of sunglasses, basically. <laughs> Pretty much. But after that, that's when we get the whole uh, Bob having a mental breakdown about all this, which I thought was the more entertaining. See, <laughs> not quite as entertaining as Jack Jack versus the raccoon. That was the most entertaining scene <laughs> of the whole movie. But some of these smaller scenes are more pressing than the others. I also this Mister Incredible then like gets the phone call, or whatever, and he calls Frozen to come over and babysit the children, which was kind of weird in a sense. Mm-hmm. Like. Wouldn't you want Frozone to come help you deal with whatever's going on and with Helen at that point? Yeah. Instead of coming to babysit the children? Well, I don't know. Someone had to watch the kids. He could have given them to Edna. <laughs> or he could Edna have taken... Was, Edna's barely willing, able to take the baby, which we skipped that whole thing. I don't know why he couldn't have taken them with him to help him as well. Like, yeah. Well, he I knows that they're heroes. Would... They can help. Violet, we have seen, is actually very versatile with her powers. Exactly. So, I meant to talk about this earlier, or I was going to wait till characters, but like <laughs> at the beginning of the movie, we are really seeing Violet use those powers. Like her force field is not only defensive, but she's learned to make it offensive. Yeah. She was able to throw it. Mm-hmm. And she turns invisible. Like, yeah. I mean, he definitely should have taken them. Instead of just leaving them and having Frozone come watch them. But also, how did Frozone know those people were all under mind control when he got there? Uh, who knows at this point. Like, he just shows up and all those people are at the door. Like, he doesn't I mean, know, Frozone like... seems smart, so maybe he gathered... Not necessarily that they were under mind control, but that they weren't good people. Or they were a threat. Like, because they just said that they were sent by the other dude, the... Winston, 
or whoever. Which I'm he knows sure he was still able to good. put like two and two together. Be like, okay, <laughs> these people are actually throughout. I don't know what's really going on, but oh, I meant to mention how uh, Bob was also showing off Jack Jack's new abilities to the kids, basically. Yeah, and it was like, don't be firing him around the house after he had just shot his lasers throughout the entire backyard, destroying <laughs> things. Yeah, they really did a lot of damage to that house that wasn't their house. Yeah. Jack Jack's destroying everything with his laser beams. Uh, Dash is destroying all the furniture inside the house. Bob's breaking things. He's running through the glass doors. The, even at, during the fight, they they caused a lot of damage when they were fighting that, off all the other That heroes. one was a little more understanding, though. <laughs> <laughs> but Bob just out there shooting Jack Jack's lasers like a little gun. Just pew, 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 pew. <laughs> That was a bit much. Yeah. Um, Speaking of destroying things, how did Jack 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 not just sink that boat when he was tearing through all the walls? uh, Yeah, he was one gigantic and then just running through all these walls. Like, I feel like tearing holes into the walls of a boat should cause some kind of structural damage to it and like cause it to go down. And how many rooms did that one floor have (laughs) like that? Because they went through several rooms yeah. just to get to Jack Jack. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel I don't like I don't know how engineering works, but I feel like there should have been some kind of leak or something. Yeah, like Titanic Part Two. <laughs> also, Mister Incredible should have been getting sucked into the engines when he was floating under it as well. Yeah, that 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 whole situation should not have worked out for them. <laughs> Even Helen was like. Jumping into helicopter, like jumping right under helicopter propellers and stuff like that. And I feel like she should have been getting sucked into a propeller. No, because she didn't have a cape on. <laughs> yeah, but I feel like you don't need the cape <laughs> to get sucked into the propeller. Though. <laughs> that was the whole point of that one uh, hero <laughs> who was flying and they got sucked into a propeller because, in fact, that's how Syndrome died. Yeah. Because of the cape. Uh... And why did Dash. Whenever he lost Jack-Jack, why did he not just use the tracker sooner? Uh, he seemed like he forgot about it. He was too worried. Like, he just didn't even think about it until it was pointed out to him by Violet. Well, no, he's the one who brought it up eventually. I thought it was Violet that told him to use the tracker. Nope, it was Dash it who went, I know, use the tracker. <laughs> well, he was probably flustered. But Violet also yells at him to, to watch the baby and don't get caught. And then she goes and get caught, gets caught immediately. By making all kinds of noise in the ship. Yeah. Which, that fight against Void was pretty fun. Yeah, that was an entertaining scene. Like, Void Void really has a handle of her powers also. Except for when she's trying to use it for, for good and helping Helen. <laughs> helping Helen. <laughs> well, she still tried, but it, she was trying to get Helen to a moving vehicle, which maybe that was the weird thing for her. Yeah. But, like, in the fight against Violet, she was really using that power incredibly well. Mm-hmm. Then they come up with the crazy plan to steer the boat to the side of the city. And Bob she, definitely should have died. Bob should have died. The boat that boat should have just crashed and killed him and on shore. Yeah, there was no way they should have like been able to do anything with that. Also, there should have been some casualties on the boat, too. Well, even, I feel like Frozone should have buried a bunch of people with his snow... That was a net yeah, like, maybe he did. 
Because, like, it, I feel like there had to have been some people in that street where he was shoving all his snow to try and slow down the, the boat and brace yeah, it that for was, impact. That was a busy foot traffic area. I feel like it's, it's very hard to believe that there wasn't people standing in that area where he was throwing pounds and pounds of snow. But there were people, like, right around it. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe they saw the ship coming and they were already out. No, because that doesn't make sense either, because there are still people just walking. No, there were still quite a bunch of people over there watching and running, but I don't know. I feel like Frozone should have buried some people with his snow over there. Yeah. But hey, they didn't destroy buildings, so that means heroes are illegal again. (laughs) Also, going back earlier, like after the train, I think it was the train that she did, and there was like one other thing that Mrs. Incredible stopped. And then all of a sudden, everyone's just okay with she heroes. She stopped again. the train, and then she stopped the second half of the train. No, there was some, there was another mission that she did after the train thing. Oh, right um, when she did. No, the train. I don't think there was another mission. That was just the interview. Oh, uh, maybe it was the inter- after the interview when she's. Oh no, it was the when she saved the the people in the helicopters and stuff like that. Oh yeah, yeah, that was that that was after the interview. Mm-hmm. But that then wasn't it all mission. All it took was those two missions for people to get on the side of the heroes again. Like Apparently. I feel like either they didn't really look into these situations as much as they should have, or like it's just the police force that really against the heroes. Well, as we have said for every Disney movie, the police <laughs> and guards suck. Because <laughs> I'm like, all it took was these two her to do two things, and then she has like a whole band of people cheering for her and rallying and another for her. thing why don't they just have the heroes on the police force basically you would think that would like be the smart thing to do is to create a hero division to, to work with them but because it doesn't seem like the heroes would be against that they especially if they want to help yeah exactly um but yeah that's it a long <laughs> long movie yeah long movie long explanation of it We've Too tried... much happening in the movie. Also, Tony doesn't question them dropping off and then them chasing after a car that was just shooting bullets at the end of the movie. Well, again, maybe we just don't see it, and that appears in the third movie. <laughs> and then their costume and then his is still memories terrible. Get wiped again. I don't know. Because <laughs> all they do is put their face mask on and they wear their regular clothes into that chasing at the end. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, that's kind of how it went with the last movie, too. <laughs> they all look at each other and then put their masks on. Yeah, I mean, their costumes are not very good at disguising their entities. I brought this up in the first movie. Yeah, no. It's still obvious. Like, even but when... then again, we have heroes out there like Superman, where he hides his identity by putting on a pair of glasses. Yeah, I never, never bought into that. Which I did as a joke the other day with one of my friends who wears glasses. I took his glasses off when <gasps> Superman. <laughs> Are we ready to? Yeah, let's move here? on. All right. Let's go to characters. For my characters, I have a 77. Uh, For mine, I have an 86. That's a big difference there. That is I a mean, big difference. But again, I like the characters for the most part. I don't know. I feel like Mr. Incredible does the bulk of character work here. I and, I can agree on that. And Jack He does Jack do well. the bulk of it. Like, but Mrs. I felt Incredible, like some of the other characters did well for what they were trying to go for. I, don't know. I feel I still found Mrs. Incredible unlikable. 
I just don't. The only get thing about her, her is she's thick. She's a thick Pixar mom. <laughs> I can't get behind her the way she acts. Her her voice is so annoying. Her voice to me. is still annoying. <laughs> But, but the way she acts, she's like that. Like even her when she was arguing with with him at the dinner table, I'm like, I don't understand how she could be acting like this when, like, especially based off of the family that she comes from. Those values just kind of don't seem to align with the rest of her family. But she's the only one that thinks like that. Yeah, exactly. And then again, yeah. Evelyn was obviously going to be the villain, but I did like her a little more than Syndrome. I don't know. see. She she did nothing for me as a villain. She was like barely present to begin with. I feel they also. I feel like they spent more time trying to make it seem like Winston was going to be the villain. See, and I then... didn't even get that vibe out of that. I just because probably just because I knew instantly that it was going to be Evelyn. I think what why I say that is because they gave Winston more screen time than Evelyn. Like they they focused on Winston a lot more heavily than they focused on Evelyn throughout like the whole beginning. That's fair. And then it turns out Winston's just some fanboy. Yeah. Obviously. Which I wish he did a little more for that final like showdown scene. Like, yeah, he breaks the screen so all the other heroes and ambassadors are no longer under a mind control, but like I don't know. I felt like it would have been funny if we saw him hit one of the mind control heroes against the head with something. Yeah, he didn't do much to, like, he just told them to, he just rallied He was up, just basically. the money out of everything. His character didn't really do anything exciting. Like I said, he basically played every Bob, every other Bob Odenkirk character that we've seen. Yeah. And Evelyn was just, we gave her, like, what did they give her, like, one scene really introducing her character, which was that. That spot when her and Helen were sitting in the chairs talking with each other at the party. Yeah, and then that's when we get that. And then we instantly get the reveal of, oh, hey, you're the villain. Mm-hmm. When she's like asking Mrs. Incredible all these hypothetical questions or whatever. Yeah. Like, that's just not enough to to do anything with a villain. And then you have, what's his name? The, her, the villain that they created. Oh, Screenslaver. Screenslaver, which didn't really do much. He didn't seem like all that major of a villain throughout the movie. Even when it was implied that he was supposed to be the major villain. Mm -hmm. It just kind of felt like he was just some other bad guy. Yeah. Um, I will say I enjoyed the character of Jack-Jack. Jack-Jack was a lot of fun. Honestly, he was one of the, the saving graces of this movie. The whole like gaining his powers and he's just your cute baby, like as usual. Like... <laughs> he is so adorable. <laughs> and then his his fight with the raccoon was actually just very funny. It was funny. And then hey. whenever he's interacting with Edna, those two had a great <laughs> those two had a strangely really good like connection between them. Yeah. But I mean, Edna is also an out there character to begin with. So you take her yeah. and put her with Jack Jack, it's going to work. And having the baby do the handprint, the eyes, and then the voice <laughs> detection. <Yeah. laughs> I thought that was very funny. Um, Dash did not have too much with this movie this time. He just. He was more of just a comic relief kind of character almost. I don't know. See, it, Dash kind of annoyed me because he kept doing all these things that he like, should not have been doing. Like, like a young boy would. Exactly. But 
He's pressing all the buttons on the remote. He's pressing all the buttons on the the car remote as well. Mm-hmm. And he's doing all these things. Not he has ADHD. To... That's all it is. To go with his super speed. <laughs> and... and then uh, I thought Violet's character, you know, not so much story, but just in general, we're seeing her be a typical teenager. I think what what I liked about Violet the most here was how much he added to the character of Mr. Incredible here. Mm-hmm. As you can see, him like his interactions with her were actually changing who he was, and yeah. he was understanding her a bit more throughout the entirety of the movie. And you can see that kind of switch flipping in him. Yeah, where all we got from him and Dash was math homework. Yeah. Where for Violet, it was more of emotional troubles, boy troubles. Mm-hmm. And it, it, I think that added a lot to... I mean, even... I would say the math homework was also a moment for Mr. Incredible as well, because like he's, you can see he's really trying his best to just, yeah, he took the whole book and read it so that he could help uh, dash understand it. Like Mr. Incredible is just out here trying to do his best and he's, he's he's doing a really good job. Something that we can appreciate. Cause then later he's like waking dash up like, Hey, I can help you with your homework now. I think I figured it out. Mm -hmm. And then we see him actually teaching and dash is getting it. And I think that was a really sweet moment to be thrown in there to, to add to Mr. But then they added demisoles. Huh? Then they added demisoles. I don't know what that is. So after that, before Bob has his breakdown. Yeah. It's a, yeah, we got caught up, but now they added fractions, percentages, and oh, he goes demisoles yeah. yeah, instead now of decimals. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> it didn't click with me, but now it. <laughs> and again, we were saying earlier all the new, all those new heroes that they added in, but they didn't showcase any of them at all. We really didn't need all of them, although I I enjoyed seeing all their powers. Yeah. Here's the issue: It's like if you're gonna put them in there. Use them a bit more, or do yeah, more like, with them. But then again, the movie's already too long to begin with. So, like, I typically enjoy the heroes with like electricity powers, but that character I did not like. I think they could have showcased this a bit better, especially like, I mean, they had that when he's totally yelling at the guy, uncrush it or whatever, and he's like, I can't uncrush it. What if well, I ask you to unpunch someone? <laughs> See, that was funny. Like. They could have done some more stuff like that. But the only one we really got more character out of was Void. Mm-hmm. Which I read somewhere that she was supposed to be inspired by Kristen Stewart, who already hardly has a personality. <laughs> but and even Frozone, we don't get too much from Frozone yet again. Yeah. Like we didn't get too much of Frozone from the first movie either. That's yeah. I mean, they kept it in the same for the most part. Yeah, but I mean, he's still a cool... You can tell he's cool and intelligent. Yeah. But we definitely should have gotten more out of the new heroes. Or just less heroes. Either less heroes or showcase them a bit more. Or do more with them. (laughs) Yeah. Anything else that you want to add for characters? Uh, Nope, that's all I got. Alright, moving on to visuals. Uh, For visuals, I have an 87. I have an 85 for my visuals just i mean there wasn't anything too bad there were a couple places where i went that looks a little awkward yeah there was i think that was my thing it's like some of the stuff most of the movie itself looked nice but there was a lot of spots in it where it's like 
questionable or it looked a bit weird or wonky or just kind of a bit off. And I'm like, like one thing for me that just kind of doesn't settle my stomach well is, you know, when they're singing the uh, theme songs all together, we're at Mr. Incredible first. And I don't know. He looked weird when he laughed at the end of that. Yeah. I mean, am I the only one who thought that some of it, like I said, some of the animations were a bit weird and like facial expressions were one of that part as well. Also, I think one for me, one of the things is this animation style itself just also sets up a lot of weird kind of situations and drawings and looks and stuff. Like, I don't know if it was just the nose or what it was exactly, but Evelyn just kind of looked like a mouse to me. Or yeah, like, I could see that. Like a, a mousy rat type character. And like, a lot of these people, they have good character design, but the art style does not help, I feel. No. I will say they were trying to make uh, Winston look like a shark almost. I read that somewhere, you know, like there's money sharks. Yeah. You know, they'll give you money to help you Mm -hmm. start your thing. Like Shark Tank's a whole TV series. So maybe they were trying to make Evelyn look like a rat and going with the whole. Well, I felt like she should have looked more like a cat with some of her design. (laughs) But then I definitely see where you think she looks like a rat or a mouse. But there was a lot of cool visuals here and there as well. Like the whole Underminer scene looked really cool. When he's oh, yeah. drilling through all the underground tunnels and then setting off all these explosions and like I thought the lighting and shading were was pretty well done. Yeah. Which will also tie into atmosphere, like especially when Helen's going through the night to find out where Screen Slaver is. Most of the action scenes were fun and looked good as well. Uh one thing I enjoyed was just seeing Jack Jack's powers. And then Void's powers. How smooth it looked with all the portals. Mm-hmm. They did a lot of cool stuff with that. Also, when Frozone was fighting, having that fight scene with all the heroes at the house, they did a oh, lot yeah. of cool stuff showcasing those powers. All there. the ice and whatnot. And then, of course, water looked pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Also, those waffles that Dash were eating for breakfast looked really good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Any food in Disney movies look great. <laughs> Even the bugs from Lion King. But, I mean... For me personally, not too much to add about visuals. This Yeah, no, that's honestly all I got. Yeah, I mean normally like you know how much I've been dragging on my visual notes the past few episodes, but I don't yeah, have like, too much written down here. Especially like, when we just came from some of the movies we watched. Well that's also the thing, is like this movie just came out what, three years ago at this point? Well now no, no. now it's five. It's been like five years, yeah. But still like some of the other movies that were coming out around this period had much nicer visuals. So I don't understand why it was such like a Like, we a just came from Coco, and that off. had really good visuals. It just seemed like a, a really big drop-off in the quality compared to what we've had recently. Yeah. And again, it could have been just The Incredibles have a different art style entirely to begin with. Mm-hmm. But really, that's it. Yeah. There's nothing special. So let's go ahead and move on to atmosphere. Uh, for atmosphere, I have an eighty-six. I have mine at an eighty-eight. Again, same same thing with visuals here. I just feel like there was nothing too eye-catching or ear-catching in this case. No, like, like I mean, the soundtrack was good. Mm-hmm. 
just it it was just the Incredibles theme again, though. Yeah, which I mean is very catchy. It is a good theme, and like the music for the action scenes work usually worked really well as well. But I feel like they just didn't really set up a full atmosphere here as compared to what we've seen as well. No, I mean again with some of the lighting and shading that helped with the atmosphere a little bit, but that can only do so much. And that falls more towards visuals than actual atmosphere. Yeah. So, so. And then. There were some decent sound effects, like Dash running. You can hear the footsteps or mm-hmm. Jack-Jack's different powers. Jack-Jack just had giggling and laughing and talking as well. <laughs> it was all out of fun. And then there was some decent voice acting, but just like in the visual, there were some things that were awkward. Yeah, I mean, Evelyn didn't really give off a, a villainous demeanor uh, in voice-wise and character-wise as well. Yeah, no. We, I mean, we still knew she was going to be the villain, but she didn't give us that still. Mm-hmm. That's honestly all I have for atmosphere, too. Not this a whole was, lot. I didn't, I, I honestly, I'll be completely honest. I didn't write any atmosphere notes at all. I knew what I had to say was just going to be enough to come off of the top of my head because there wasn't really anything that stood out to me yeah. in the atmosphere. Like, it wasn't bad and it was enough to do the job. Like, 86 is still a pretty decent score. Oh, yeah, of course. But there wasn't anything really that stood out in this episode. Nothing to push it up to that 90 like we were giving all these other movies. And even like 86, as high of a score it is, it's a pretty low atmosphere score. Because even yeah. like some of the, the lower atmosphere scores aren't like... In the uh, 80s or high 70s. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you're home on the range. <laughs> but anyways, well, I guess, we, I guess we're ready to move on to entertainment. Yeah, I mean, we took all our time and story, so now we can breeze through everything else, so it's fine. <laughs> well, then, uh, for entertainment, I have mine at an 88. I have an 82 here, which is... As, as much as we're, you know, kind of downing on the movie a little, I still enjoyed it. It's to not... To extent. It's got a lot of fun stuff there. Like, the action scenes are all really fun. There's the action some, scenes and then anything to do with Jack-Jack. There's some fun... Jack Jack scenes, even yeah, some the, other comedic scenes. Honestly, definitely. the whole thing with Bob just trying to be a good parent. Yeah, like that was gonna that's what I was about to add. So, like they had some good dramatic moments in here and they had some some decent character building stuff, but it was just kinda hard like Again, this is a long movie, so there were parts of this movie where I just could not pay attention. I I agree. It was just they tried too much with certain things, and then they just kind of didn't try enough with other stuff, and it was just a jumble mess. I also feel they should have come up with something more original. Like, yeah, they, like I said, they really basically gave the same exact story of the first Incredibles, and just kind of tweaked it around a little bit. Mm-hmm. I kind of hope like, if they do make a third Incredibles movie instead of just like oh, hey, someone's being invited to this or whatever. They, they better not Let's have... make Jack-Jack the focus. <laughs> like, hey, there's maybe... this guy that wants to speak to you about being a hero, and then it, they wind up turning on him at the end. <laughs> like, what? Like, here's my idea. Maybe Jack-Jack's, or one of the kids is going through some kind of tough time, and they start turning more toward a villain side, almost. And it takes the rest of the family to, like, convince... 
whoever. It's going to be Dash. If they do that, it would be Dash. <laughs> Dash or, you know, Jack-Jack's grown up and is struggling. Because let's be real, we all want to see more of Jack-Jack and what he can do with his powers later yeah. on. It's a superhero movie. We've seen superhero movies a million times. We know what they all have to offer, but there's yeah. still a lot of room for them to give us something new or like different at least. Yeah, just don't, don't just follow the same than, exact. Oh hey, formula. heroes are like banned, or oh hey, here's a villain doing bad things. <laughs> Make one of the good guys become a villain. But uh, yeah, there were still some entertaining scenes, and I did enjoy this more than I did The Incredibles, the first one. I, I would also say I enjoyed it more than the first Incredibles, but I don't particularly say, like, I would love, I love this movie. Like, looking yeah. at my entertainment score now, I feel like it's kind of high, but I don't know. There were some great spots in the movie as well, so it's kind of, kind of tough to balance it out, I feel. Yeah. Um, definitely not a movie that I'm going to be like excited to watch again. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to be done with this movie for now. <laughs> like, well, we're not done yet because we need to give our <laughs> overall score. For my overall score, I have an 80.8. For my overall score, I have an 84.8. Okay. So... Which is weird. Because that's the same exact score as my first Incredibles movie. <laughs> See, my original score was the same exact score as my, as the first Incredibles movie. But I had to say, change some things around. And I also looked at my Incredibles score, and I'm like, that's way too high. That should not be there. Yeah, the reason my scores are so high is because I may have overrated the first Incredibles movie. Yeah, I definitely overrated the first Incredible movie, and I will be adjusting that as like part of like some of the score fixes we do in our award show or whatever. Definitely, yeah. But like as of right now, my Incredible score, like Incredible two score, is high, is lower than the Incredibles one score. But it's not supposed to be like that. Incredibles, my Incredible score is going to be in- adjusted. Yes. To, to reflect it, but that was also. 14 years, well, in a sense, 14 years ago, that was how many movies ago. We didn't know what else to expect from Pixar. Yeah, we were all just excited so, we were getting another Incredibles movie. Like, my I, my first Toy Story score is way off, and that's going to be one of the biggest adjustments that I need to make in this season. Especially since next week, <laughs> we are talking about Toy Story 4. I, can't I was trying you. to figure out how I was going to segue into well, that. I did but, it for you. <laughs> yes, thank you. You're welcome. That was an 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 accidental segue, but it worked. <laughs> I was going to mention like, oh, hey, I was eventually just going to go. Well, next week we're going to talk about another sequel. <laughs> no, I actually had bring up Toy Story, so it worked out. <laughs> so there we go. Um, but again, I, I've watched this movie once. Yeah, I saw it in theaters, and I, I remember not being extremely hyped about it afterwards See, i enjoyed it i know for sure i enjoyed, I enjoyed it. it it's just i didn't i don't remember anything mind-blowing yeah about I, it for me i'm i'm gonna be interested to see how it actually stacks into the toy story rankings because i did enjoy it but this is a bit of a different story than all the others though it is yes which each, toy story i will say for out of all the movies with sequels it is good with having a different story for each movie. Yeah, 
They've, they've, I mean, kind of. It's Woody for, trying to save the gang, or the gang trying to save Woody, or well, for Buzz, it or, being about the same toys over and but, over. Yes, they do. I do understand. I do agree that it's different stories for the most part, still, and they they are able to differentiate it as well. Yeah, I mean, same concept, but different story done right. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that's next week. Yeah. So until next time, may all your dreams come true. Bye.